This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, and with me today, Cam Raslan, we have the returns of. He is, um, he's so many things, actor, advertising guru, and um, you tell me, Vernon Adrian Among, what else do you do? Oh, I don't know. I do anything that will hold my interest for more than two minutes. So, yeah, <laughs> everybody okay. tries to wonder what I do. So that's, uh, let's keep the mystery going. All right. He also teaches <laughs> English. I know he does that too. And <laughs> and she is a producer at uh, BFM. And uh, dare I say, one of my favorite guests on a bit of culture. She is Julian Yap. Yeah, you're going to make me cry. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, hi, hi, Cam. Hi, Brennan. Thank you for having me back on. Oh, pleasure, pleasure. And our three topics this week, uh, topic number one is Wordle. Did I say that right? Wordle. And topic number two is, I'm going to do a master's. Am I crazy? And finally, topic number three is uh, digital images and the cluttering of memory. So uh, first of all, Julian, Wordle. Wordle. I think um, everyone... Every, I think everyone at this point would have must have heard what word must know what Wordle is. If not, you would have seen some weird squares on your Facebook feed or Twitter feed, people sharing their results of Wordle. And Wordle, I think it picked up in popularity in December and all, like really picked up steam in January. It's a word game. It's a daily word game that you play online, and it's just five. It's just a five-letter word. It's one five-letter word, and you, you you figure it out. And every single person, it, it resets every day at 12 a.m. And every single um, person in the world has the exact same word, save for a few, save for a few times where a few people got a couple of different words and it caused a bit of problem. But I've been obsessed with Wordle. I wait for I wait for 12 o'clock. I wait for the clock to tick over because I really love Wordle. And I know that it is it is just a five, it is just a five-letter word. And that is, you know, it could be as simple as Apple, it could be really difficult. I think the one that caused it just trended worldwide the other day was cynic because that was terrible, terrible to guess because you've got, I think, eight tries, 10 tries, ten, I think eight tries to just eliminate as many letters as you can to get the word. And I just I just want to talk a bit about how much I love Wordle because <laughs> it was created by a guy called Josh Wardle, who's based in Brooklyn in New York. And he created Wordle for his partner because she liked word games. And it is... Um, you know, it's really simple. I think I think the simplicity of it is the best part of it. I think a lot of the time, um, also the scarcity of it, because you do only get one word a day. But a lot of the time, word games are harder. They feel they always feel inaccessible. Stuff like the New York Times cross like um, crossword can't really do that, or the the UK Sunday Times can't really do that. Sudoku is easier because it is numbers. You know, it just makes it it's it's like a Scrabble game that you don't have to commit to. It's maybe two minutes of your life and it's low effort, but it, it it teases your brain a little bit. I love it. And there's so many iterations of it now that I think everyone is sort of jumping onto because Wordle has been bought by the New York Times now for an undisclosed seven million figure amount. So, uh, sorry, seven figure amount, which is ridiculous. Seven million figures, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, and there, there are loads of different iterations. There's Dordle, which where you figure out two words. Um, Octordle is my favorite. You figure out eight words. There's a, a BM version called katapa which is i i admit i'm not great at because my bahasa isn't very great but um there's worldle where you figure out the silhouette of the of, of a country in the world and i think it's really it's just really fun i think we need a little i think i like the idea of sharing something with a lot of with you know uh, you'll see wordle 
you'll see Wordle 253 trending tomorrow because mm. a lot of people around the world couldn't get it. And it's a little bit of, you know, smug, smugness because yeah. you've got it or that, you know, solidarity because you also didn't get it. And I like that this is a nice little ray of fun light that we all share. Enjoy it. It's always a pleasure to see Julian being uh, enthused about <laughs> and, and you are a very enthused person about things. Um, Vernon, we discovered just before the show, we both had you down as a definite Wordle person, but you you don't, you haven't. Uh, yeah, I I only discovered it just recently. I mean, I saw people talk about it. It didn't seem to interest me. Yes, I'm interested in words and the meaning of words and language and stuff like that. But for some reason, because I think it was about the rebel in me, the more I saw it occur in people's timelines on their social media, the more I decided I didn't want to be a part of it. And I didn't even know what it was. I don't know. I think it was that kind of reaction. And then eventually when somebody showed me what it was, the first thing that went off in my head was, do we only want to know the five letter words in the dictionary? And so now I'm listening to Julian talk about the different variations of Wordle where you've got lots of, uh, yeah, two, two alphabet words right up to eight alphabet words. So that's, that's good. I mean, I'm glad for the Wordle players so that their vocabulary will <laughs> grow. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, why don't, I think it's me and my instant gratification. I don't want to try so hard to learn new things. I just, I'll probably just dive into the dictionary rather than play a game. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, to answer your question. Vernon is a cynic. Um, ah, yes. <laughs> Five-letter word for the day. Um, I, I haven't done it myself because uh, with Vernon, actually, I'm, I'm um, you know, if, if I'm really bad at this kind of thing. And if it's hard, then I, I just get frustrated and angry. Plus, also, I couldn't help thinking it was some sort of data mining thing not that i've got any data that anybody needs to mine but i just couldn't help thinking that it was that it, it's like the pokemon for today or the angry birds or what are the other things that have been and oh, gone yeah. <laughs> um that i'm sure julian dived into all of them in her time mm -hmm. i've never played angry birds by the way never ever because oh, you're because you're just punk rock aren't you then mm -hmm. uh, yeah i do I, yeah yeah not not intentionally yeah i don't know i just just yeah, there's this weird kind of uh... this this game will will continue, Julia. This game's going to continue. But do you see yourself sticking with it? I mean, do you think you could maintain this kind of level of enthusiasm? I don't think enthusiasm. I think it's the same as you know, you've got five minutes of your day, um, or you know, in your commute, you just you've got like, like a few seconds in the toilet. You know, you've just got a little bit of time, and you just you just you just do wordle. I think it's even if the craze kind of dies down, it is you. It's it's nice to know that it's always there if you need a brain teaser instead of, you know, picking up a newspaper, which is also fun, but I, I can't do the newspaper one, unfortunately. But impossible. I'm, no, yeah. And I, oh, uh, Julian has a friend okay. in the background. All good. <laughs> <laughs> Canine, that's a five-letter word. <laughs> <Look at this. laughs> this is why I'm really, I'm really surprised that you guys aren't wordlers, I think. But you have you, have either of you tried the, have you been on? Not at all. Never no, at no. all. I just saw it in somebody's phone, a friend's yeah. phone, and, and he told me what it was. And yeah, and I was okay, fine. I do, I do get it. And I'm so bad at this. I mean, I just said K9 is a five-letter word. It's not it's six. <laughs> I don't want, that's how bad I am. And, and also, I'm really bad at Scrabble. I mean, I get reduced to sort of like spelling out words like poo and, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and stuff. That's like the best I can get. I do, I do get that some people don't kind of latch onto it. Because it is, 
it's weirdly, you've got to be strategic. You've got to be, well, it could be a ridiculous word like psalm, but it could be just crack. You know, it could be, I think it, you know, it, I don't know. I, I do get that there are people who just do not enjoy it. It's, it's not, I do, I do get that. So I, I understand. Yeah, it's uh, actually, it's not about not enjoying it. I guess it, I mean, for me, it's not, I don't mean to demean or dismiss the whole fad. I think it's wonderful. Okay. Um, that people are getting so much of enjoyment out of it. But somehow I think it's also that uh, it's an age thing, you know, I, I think, you know, that uh, I feel I've got, there's this whole idea, I know I know it sounds really weird, but this whole idea that maybe I've got better things to do, you know, kind of thing. I know, I know, I know, I know. It's, 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 it's a really, really arrogant, it really is. Um, but uh, I'm trying to figure out exactly why I it hasn't gotten on with me. And you're right, I mean, like, Looking at what my interests are, yes, I should be a Wordle person, but I'm not. So now I'm wondering about me and my old issues. You know, Wordle, <laughs> Sudoku, Bingo, they're designed for old age pensioners like you. I mean, that's, you you are <laughs> maybe, the prime demographic. Oh, and I'm just, <laughs> it's, it's an age thing. <laughs> it's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll be playing it, you know, in 20 years time when no one's, no one's playing it anymore. The NYT's moved over. It's all NFTs now and Vernon will pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to move on now, but I'm I'm going to, I want to in time we're going to come back to this, and I want to check in on uh, Julian's uh, enthusiasm for this uh, game <laughs> and see if she she can maintain it. And I'd like to know exactly when the drop off point comes. I'm going to give you all my all the words that I've found, all my new words. <laughs> Have you ever got it first time, first word? Bang. No, not yet, not yet. I've got in two, but soon. Okay. And have you ever not got it ever? Oh, oh my God. Cynic killed me. It was shave once and I did shake, shame, shade. And I, I ran out. Of, I ran out. So yeah, that's the little thrill of the day at 12.05 a.m., you know. Mm, cool. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we move on, though, uh, from Wordle to me. Topic number two. And my topic is I'm thinking of doing a master's degree and am I crazy? It was on this show with you, Julian, a few months ago with uh, Natusha Naidu, who is a um, academic and a young academic and she was telling us that academia is a waste of time and that uh, we shouldn't even think of uh, doing it and while she was talking that made me think hey i think i want to do a master's degree uh, <laughs> that was what i took from her wise words and and i'm thinking well, i'm 55 years old and i want to do it and i i failed every exam i've ever taken apart from my driving license and i um I, it, I, feel, I feel kind of crazy, but I, I want to do one. And I've, I've already made inquiries, and uh, I'd like to do it at University of Malaya. I'd love to be a UM graduate. And, um, it, it, and if you're a Malaysian, it's, quite, it's kind of affordable. And, um, yeah, am I crazy? No, you're not. No? You're not at all. This is amazing. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. So, um, I, I, with, you know, like you said before, your 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 worries, uh, not worries, I guess, I guess, you know, your, your history with um, higher education. Is that something that you think that because of how, what you've done, you know, with your career, what you've done in life, do you think that that's going to, that that's helped in any way? Like, has that, is that going to shape? No, and one of the reasons why I want to do it is because I, um, I've, I've always kicked against the idea of the constricting um, nature of, uh, academic work you know you have to sort of fit into uh, a way of thinking that's been predetermined over centuries and whereas i'm like no i'm free and easy like like vernon with wordle it's like <laughs> i'm too cool for this kind of thing and um <laughs> but but actually as i got older suddenly like no i actually want that discipline 
um, I, I yeah. want to be able to yeah. to, to yeah. constrain my thoughts and direct them purposefully to toward one aim only um, at the age of 55. Have you signed up already? Uh, no, I have one job of work that I must get out of the way first. Uh, one paid job. Okay, I tell you what. Let's sign up together. How's huh. that? <laughs> okay. I look, I look at Julian clapping away. <laughs> I love that. Are you thinking of one of, of doing something too? Well, um, I, I like like um what Cam was saying. It was that whole idea of like having this discipline to put one's head to towards you know, and yeah, because I feel I want I need a project, and that could be a nice project to be doing. Yeah. Mm. What are you, Julian? Join us. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do, I do want to. I think I've always wanted to. The, the idea was, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work for a bit. I'm gonna see the world, and then I'm gonna do a master's. But I think, um, you know, as you get into work, that's hard, and I don't know how long I'm gonna be putting that off for. I also don't know what I would study. So mm. I don't. I, I I want to make. I want to. I, I I didn't like. I talked about in the last time when we were talking about this. I didn't enjoy my undergrad. I thought I chose. I I chose a, a subject I maybe wasn't. I thought it was a waste of money and a waste of time. I think the experience of it was better and was better, was more valuable than the actual degree itself. So I want to make sure that I make that right, that decision, um, you know, because I do feel like higher education, a degree is valuable. I just don't think that, I think I just made that choices. So I want to make that good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Vernon, what would you, what would you do? What would you want to do? Oh, uh, so many different things. I mean, like to share with you, um, when I was in corporate training, I was actually invited to do postgrad. Um, by a university was interested in what I was the way I was conducting my training um, and I, I kind of like pursued that for a while and uh, then actually uh, decided no um, I kind of don't want to be tied down to anything that would uh, take the fun out of life and so it's actually been hovering in the back um, in terms of language and how it affects a sense of identity that's my that would be my track because I'm interested in languages, the language, linguistics, theory, and stuff like that, how people communicate, communication, and, and yeah, and how it affects identity, mm. how we position ourselves in, you know, in a, in an environment. Well, yeah. if anyone's interested, I'll tell you what I'm thinking of doing. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so obviously it's biomechanics. Um, Ooh, wow. Wow. <laughs> no, of course not. I don't even know what biomechanics <laughs> is. Um, no, it'd be history. Uh, of course, yeah, yeah. And, and I'd like to I'd like to look at the entertainers who passed through Kuala Lumpur or maybe Malaya, Singapore, in mm. the eighteen nineties. Oh, yeah. Why that period? Well, because the eighteen eighties in Kuala Lumpur certainly not not Penang and not Singapore. Uh, the eighteen eighties was really kind of wild west. It was KL was very much frontier town. You know, no running water, no sewage, no nothing. But at the beginning, and then. And then by the 1900s, it was a very settled uh, com community that we kind of re recognize now. So the 1890s was that sort of like transition from one to the other. And, and I do believe that the moment of birth is actually very important in determining how we evolve as, as people. So yeah. to me, the 1890s is the moment of birth. And I, and, I, and I read some stuff about things that I found about entertainers passing through. And it, it still kind of resonates with today. Um, Kuala Lumpur, certainly, this kind of utilitarian notion. I mean, there was nobody thinking, oh, we must uh, promote the arts and culture. There was no, it was just people turn up, they make money from the box office, and off they go. 
And uh, it's kind of like how KL is to this day. So I, I, I want to look into that. And I think a lot of interesting people pass through from Japanese acrobats to uh, American muscle men. You know, there'd be boxers from Australia and very, very strange kind of place. Audiences, I don't know. So that's what I want to do. And, uh, <laughs> but the hard part is, folks, very quickly, is that I first of all would need to do a little exam. Oh. Mm. Because mm-hmm. I haven't been in education yeah. since the age of 10. <laughs> um, <laughs> and this exam includes maths and it includes maths. But it's, got other things, <laughs> it's got maths. And I've, I've looked at previous ones. It's like, I can't, this is, this is going back to your Wordle thing. It's like, I, I can't <laughs> do that. So I'm going to spend the next 10 years sitting and resitting this little exam until oh, no. finally I get through. I'm sure you'll fly through. Oh, no way. And, and, and actually, to be honest, I always thought you had post-grad really? because of how uh, intelligent you come across. Mm. So so I, th- I think they'll just give it to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just go say, straight. Oh, camera's done. Come on, yeah. we'll give him a doctorate immediately. Yeah. yeah yes, kind of yes, that would be nice. <laughs> I've always, every day I got the post box, I always think, is today the day I get my... Uh... <laughs> received in the post but no it never happens okay so that so that's um that's what i'm hoping to do uh quite soon and uh, this is exciting this is so cool yeah yeah it's it's good it's good go for it yeah and i will insist that you do call me doctor <laughs> of course you know it, of course i'm sorry I, you're gonna have to it's gonna be dr cam or dr russell and you're gonna have to decide uh dr cam yeah yeah Okay, well, something to look forward to. So anyway, we'll move on. And in a moment, uh, we'll be back with looking at uh, digital photography and the cluttering of memory here on A Bit of Culture on BFM 89.9. And we're back with myself, Cam Raslan, Julian Yap, and Vernon Adrian Among. And now, Vernon, uh, digital photography and the cluttering of memory. Oh, it's just that recently my iPhone 6, uh, <laughs> yes, it's ancient. Uh, got to a point where I couldn't take any more photographs or uh, couldn't download any because be- the memory was just too full. So I had to uh, purge the camera. And I was thinking about photography and uh, digital photography and how, you know, people pull out their phones to snap all kinds of things and what it might be doing to our memory. Is it is it good for us that we take photographs or is it bad for us that we take photographs? Is the accumulation of memory in our phones and in our lives through digital photography leading to the fact that we have a sense of uh, of value that is a lot less than what previous generations had? So it made me think about those kinds of things. Like, uh, is cancel culture happening because we assume things are of less value because it's already been recorded somewhere, you know? Um, so like people we know, we can cancel them out of our lives. Uh, celebrities get canceled out because there's so much of stuff in terms of visual uh, documentation of our lives and the environment around us that they become less of less value in our sense of how we deal with reality and the environment around us. So yeah, that, that thought kind of like crossed my mind and I thought I'd bring it to the table here. Mm. Julian, you're... You're a young person. Your your phone must be absolutely packed with digital images you have never printed. No, do you know, I, I do hate the, I do, I, I'm not a photo taking person. I do, I used to take film photos. I used to print out photos because I like having them physically. Um, but no, I, I think I've, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's, you know, how I've grown up, but uh, in, the, in the time that we're in, but I've never thought of things being not recorded. So um, if, 
I think from a very young age, even setting up something as simple like a uh, Facebook account, I knew, okay, if I, I'm going to post this photo on Facebook, it's going to be here forever. And I think that's an important thing to remember. I think a lot of people now, younger kids now growing up in the digital age, they don't, rem- I think putting out information that internet security is different, you know, being, make sure you're guarded with information we are online. Some pe- some young kids, they don't really realize that you if you put your address online, you're going to be able to find it in 10 years down the line. And I get that that is worrying, but I also, I think I've personally, I've always been guarded. I've always known that being online means being connected. And I know that that is in every aspect of life. I, so, I think the younger people, as you be your age and younger, are, are quite guarded and concerned about the the digital history. Whereas I think people, Vernon and myself, were, were, were not so, actually. Yeah, we, we've become more shameless as we grow older, I think. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and therefore, and, and because of our failing memories, we really look to it as a, a life assist, so to speak. Whereas with young people, because they're living life uh, you know, uh, carefree with a lot of carefreeness and like, I want to try this and I want to try that. Like my ne- nibblings, my nephews and nieces, right? They post more on stories, which disappears after a while. And it annoys me to death because some of the stuff I'm seeing, I, I want to, I want to hang on to, you know, because <laughs> yeah, but it goes, it evaporates. And I'm so saddened by that. <laughs> yeah, but Vernon, you've also spent so many years involved with theatre, and theatre is something where you watch it on that night and then it's gone. You're, you're cool with it there. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. But, uh, but therein lies a different kind of like uh, how I'm processing it. You know, I, I love it because of the, of the, of the, live, the liveness of it, the spontaneousness of it, that every performance is different. But more than that, I enjoy the rehearsal process where I can play and do all kinds of silly things before we bring it to the, So that for me... So it's a bit different, I guess. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, every night's performance evaporates into nothingness. Nothing is recorded. Well, sometimes it is recorded, but uh, it's a different thing going on in my head, I guess, yeah. you know, with, with, in relation to that. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Yeah. I, I personally, I, I have a very strange relationship with uh, photographs. I, my father died at a very young age, and so I had this world of before and after, and very different, very different lives before and after. So I would pore over these photographs that he took, and he was an avid photographer, and um, and I loved them. But as I grew older, I became very reluctant to take photographs because I was so afraid of the the passingness that I was documenting. Wow! Uh, that I would be documenting as my father had inadvertently mm-hmm. been doing a gone life, and so I'm kind of I'm kind of afraid of capturing these images. And yet at the same time, when I do capture them, I'm so happy that I did. But I capture so few. <laughs> Um, right. Yeah. So I'm kind of frightened of them, and uh, yeah. So I think we have different relationships with those images that we've kept. So, uh, it's very similar to Cam. I've always been afraid of documenting online. Not, I think a little bit of you know this is going to be dug up. My shame is my my very terrible past as a very ter- like a very terrible going through it teenager is going to be dug up one day and everyone's going to be able to see that i've always been afraid of that and how people are going to see that and that's translated i never take photos when i go to an event so i've got really fa- you know my memories of t- of travels and it's all completely memory i've got to have little notes everywhere and i keep ticket stubs wow. i keep the physical bits because oh, i yeah. don't yeah take the photos yes, and yes, yes. I, I regret it. Um, and I, you know, I chide my dad because whenever we go on holiday, he takes photos of everything and he'll print every single one and he'll put it into a photo album. But that's the way 
that I, I value that now because I don't remember anything. And I think taking those photos is 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 important. I I, I which I'm realized I I didn't realize before COVID. I think especially. Yeah. Wow, wow, Julian, thanks for sharing that. But I also I found um uh photographs taken kind of either by my father or friends of my father from the 1950s. And so styles of photography have really changed. And I found consistently in the 1950s, I think people would go to a photo studio to document themselves and their relationship with their friends and family and be posed. But then outside, consistently, the photographs would be, um, be a really wide shot and like four people standing incredibly far from the camera posing. Yeah, yeah. And there'd be such tiny dots that you don't even know who the hell they are. <laughs> <laughs> and that was how people thought in those minds, that's how we take photographs. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It, it, it's so confusing <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, like I was looking at uh, some friends, the holiday pictures recently. I was saying like, can you get out of the way? There's so much, so much of you there. I want to see the, what's, what, what's the landscape and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's Vernon touching the photograph and trying to expand, expand. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Zoom in. <laughs> you are so right. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I do, I, can constantly regret not taking photographs um, because when finally somebody or some pet or whatever does pass, then I think I want to have that memory. But at the time that everybody was mm. alive, I'm too scared and uh, I should reverse that. But Julian, do you see yourself becoming a photo archivist type person of your own life? I think I'm going to make the, I'm going to make the effort too, for sure. But like, like, Vern, you know, like Vernon mentioned earlier, you know, people post on stories, the, the very beautiful curated photo, the, the, the photos that require thought, which I think is ridiculous. Mm. Photos that, unless you are a professional, that is what you do. Obviously, there is value in creating that aesthetic and, and, and how you present your life. And I get that. I don't, I, don't, I don't subscribe to that, which is fine. But I do, you know, creating that image, putting that thought and work into how you present yourself and the temporariness of posting on Facebook stories, Instagram stories, where everything can be quick and fast and you do share it if you do keep it if it's your own I think that is probably yes. more likely you know I think that's I think that's why Instagram stories are real or TikTok even is more valuable to people because you can be sort of candid with it which is what photography has always been and I yeah you're absolutely right I forget that the stories function actually mm. makes the pictures evaporate for the viewer but not for the person who's taken it they yeah. can actually archive it so you're right in that that happens but no one goes back you know everyone sh everyone shows their dirty laundry on instagram stories and yeah. you've got 10 people looking at it for 24 hours and everything happened and then it's a lot and it's gone and all the gossip that is surrounding that is gone in that moment okay uh, uh you're a zoomer you've just taught this boomer something yeah so yeah so thank you for that I did, so now i now i understand my nibblings you know better <laughs> and yeah so that's great but meanwhile, <laughs> Vernon, you're going to be buying industrial-sized hard drives to <laughs> to hold your vast archive of uh, photographs. Yeah, I'm a hoarder, so there, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, good luck with that, Vernon, and I hope you can afford the uh, the warehousing. It takes a lot of uh, electricity, you know. Um, so uh, we move on though to uh, the final part of the show: recommendations. We recommend something we think might be of interest, and uh, Julian goes first. This seems like an easy one because it's been nominated for an Oscar, but it's one of the best films I've seen in a really long time and I really loved it. Um, and it is Flea, 
which is a documentary by Jonas Rasmussen. I think that's right. I'm, it's Danish, so I'm, it's a Danish name. I hope that's okay. Um, so it's a documentary. It's completely animated. It is beautiful. And I think that's probably the only reason why I watched it, because I wanted to see that animation. I love animation. And it's about a story. So the guy who's narrating it is, it's told from his perspective. It, it, it's something he has actually lived through. He's, I think, 30, late 30s, maybe early 40s. And he, oh, maybe younger, probably early 30s. And he is an immigrant who's lived in Denmark maybe 10, 10, 15 years now. He speaks Danish. He is about to get married. And he recounts his life um, having to flee his country as a young kid because of the war that broke out. Which country did he, did he flee from? Afghanistan. Oh, and wow. um, okay. yeah, so, you know, it's, um, he's got family, his entire, so it's not just him, it's his entire family because he was a kid at the time and he's got family members in uh, Germany, in Denmark, because, you know, they've been working and they work tirelessly to get them out. And it's the back and forth of, of that struggle of trying to get out. And it's told, it's told really beautifully. And it's, um, it's, it's, you know, interspersed, interspersed with news reports from the time. So he's, he's Afghan, but his name's Rasmussen. Oh no, that's the director. Sorry. Um, oh. The actual identities have been, have been oh, okay. yeah, hidden. Oh, yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> it's a feature length? Feature length documentary. It's been nominated for best animation, best animation or best documentary. It's one of them, but it's, I think it should win in whatever category it is. It should win. Okay. Best international feature film, it was the Danish entry for, which uh, it didn't get. And yeah. uh, Flea is available on your favorite. On your favorite. Favorite uh, streaming uh, yes. application. <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. I'll, just, I'll check it out. I'll definitely check it out. Uh, my recommendation is, uh, it's a blast from the past. And it's just that I've suddenly become obsessed by, I got reminded of I, what I think is probably the best science fiction movie ever. Um, which is Galaxy Quest, starring Tim <laughs> Allen and Sigourney Weaver. Best best science fiction, according to who? Uh, I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not saying that it's like you know scientifically determined. I'm saying me uh, because it, it's it's an amalgam of all your your favorite um, science fiction tropes um, put into one film, and uh, it's. Um, so it's a kind of a, I don't know, sort of like a pastiche of Star Trek. It's the, the it's for, gosh, it's, when was it? Back in the year 2000 or something. And it's, um, it, it, it's about a, it's as if the Star Trek cast were actually zapped to a uh, alien planet and, and they thought that they were, were real Star Trek people and they have to then save the day. And uh, Alan Rickman's in it. He's brilliant. And it, it just, it's just such a good film. It's like, it was really neglected, I think. And uh, it did quite well. The It did quite well, but it didn't do as well as it should have done. And it should have had an afterlife and it should have had more, but it didn't. And um, I love it. Galaxy Quest, best science fiction movie. And I'm including 2001 AD, Stanley Kubrick's. Mm -hmm. It's better than that. Um, so, are, you, uh, are you a Star Trek fan, by the way? I, 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 I... I, I no well yes i mean i don't hate it but i mean i i don't know if it, a new star trek movie comes out I'll for sure watch it mm -hmm. um and and i do remember the the original tv show but i wouldn't sit through watching it again but it, it's it's um it's a great it's up there with lonely planet actually no, not lonely planet um forbidden planet sorry forbidden planet mm -hmm. is the great the greatest science fiction movies of all time um so that's my recommendation and i've just been watching it and i just like oh my god it's so good so uh vernon what is your recommendation Oh, my recommendation is actually, um, how should I say, a, a theory. Um, it's called the Uncertainty Reduction Theory. 
And, um, you know, like how we are hardwired to protect ourselves. And uncertainty is something that really kind of like makes us quiver in our, in our shoes um, because it strikes fear into what might lurk around the corner. So uncertainty reduction theory is all about this phenomenon of uncertainty that as humans, we try to deal with. And so like uh, it also affects um, uncertainty, also affects relationships. And one of the things that I had thought about in recent times was how in Malaysia we are so communal that we are suspicious of each other, those who are different. So there's that uncertainty happening, you know, because people are not familiar to us. So therefore we keep them at a distance or we might even be more suspicious of them. And so it made me try to figure out, okay, uncertainty, I'd like to understand this whole thing. And I came up with this body of work, which is called the uncertainty reduction theory. And it talks about um, relationships. It talks about how we deal with, uh, well, when I say it talks, I, I'm, I'm saying that in the paradigm of uncertainty reduction theory, uh, there is all, everything that one would, well, need to know about, <laughs> pers uh, uh, about personal relationships, about how we deal with things around us. Yeah. So I don't know what I'm making sense here, but yeah, that's the uh, my recommendation. Uh, read up about uncertainty reduction theory. How was that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there I was, like you know, Galaxy Quest is my recommendation, <laughs> and then and then and Vernon just drops this thing, which should really be a topic. Um, uh, so where can one buy one of these un uncertainty reduction? Well, I <laughs> <laughs> and is it? Do I stream it? What? <laughs> <laughs> is it on Netflix? I mean, what do I do? No, well, well, what what I did was I googled uncertainty, and then this popped up, and oh. then I read it, and I thought, oh, wow, this is interesting, and so I just went down this rabbit hole of reading up about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I and mean, if you're googling the word uncertainty, you're you're already down a rabbit hole. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. I know. I'm going to Google uncertainty. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna Google existential void. <laughs> um, okay, all right. Well, that sounds fabulous. I'll check it out. Um, so, and and if it fits, I'll tell you. Uh, so uh, that brings us to the end of this week's show, and only remains me now to thank Julian Yap. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Good word, Ling. I hope I hope both of you take it on. I hope you know you try. How many How many goes do you get? You, uh, sorry, you've got eight tries to figure out the word, but you've got one word a day. Okay. All right. <laughs> we just need to do it like our postgrad. Yes, if I can do that, then maybe I can do my maths test. It's got it's got equations and fractions and stuff. Come on, <laughs> people, I don't know. You can do it. <sighs> so, uh, and uh, Vernon, Adrian, Amon. Yeah, thank you very much for having me again. Always a pleasure and fun. <laughs> yes. And uh, good luck with that uncertainty. Uh, <laughs> and in taking more photos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> yeah, call a friend if you're, uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> and myself, Cam Ruslan. And so please join us next week for another exciting episode of A Bit of Culture here on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.